Okay, we're in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10. We're going to finish off Deuteronomy chapter 10, read also, and teach through Deuteronomy chapter 11. Uh, a lot of content, so I ask you to keep your hands and feet inside the teaching till it comes to a full stop, okay? Just safety is always very important to me. Anyway, uh, last week we, uh, we started Deuteronomy chapter 10. We ended in verses 12 and 13. Let's just read them. We're not going to comment much. We're going to really start in verse 14. But let's pray and beseech God uh, before we jump in here. Father, we understood from last week's teaching that you honor your word above your name. And we know how sacred your name is, Lord. Your word to us is sacred. It's, it's, it's what we need we don't live by bread alone, but we, we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And Lord, we um, pray that you would honor your word, that you would lift it up, you exalt it in our hearts and in our thinking, that we might be found obedient to it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now Israel, verse 12, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. Now Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Verse 14, Behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's thy God, the earth also with all that therein in, that, I'm sorry, with all that therein is, only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose this seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. Isn't that an interesting thing? God, who made everything. Look, okay, check out. Think now. because Behold means scope this out. Okay, I'm bringing something into your view, and I want you to think about this. Behold, the Lord, uh, the heaven and the heaven of heavens. The heaven, you know, where the birds fly, the heaven of heavens where God is, and the heaven in between that where all the stars and everything are, is the Lord's. The earth also, with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them. What is that saying? God said, you know, I always wanted to make lions. I think lions are way cool. I like quasars. God's looking at a quasar and saying, wow, I did really good work. And he looks at the Grand Canyon and says, magnificent. Look at what I've done. I don't know if any of that's true. We know that creation, what is it made? Uh, he's created all things. And for his pleasure, they are and were created. So I think God does take pleasure in them. But look at what it's saying. Only what has delight in thy fathers to love them. I don't think he's wild about rainbows. We, we like rainbows. I never see a rainbow, but I don't stop and admire it and think like, wow, I, I like rainbows. I like sunsets. Um, I like the things that you like. This beauty uh, uh, abounds in nature. It speaks of our God. But the Lord had delight in thy fathers to love them. Does God love rainbows? He's saying, yeah, I love you more. I have a delight in your father's and their seed after them. Even you above all people as it is this day. The Lord loves us above all people. Hold that thought. Put it on the back burner of your brain. We're going to bring that out again. Okay? Verse 16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff-necked. That's a homework question. How do you circumcise 
your heart. Because God obviously is given a command and expects some activity because of that. Now, I can sit there and say, this is what I think this means. I think it's more important than you and your privacy of your own prayer life. Have God tell you what he thinks it means. Will he? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Of course he will. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus says. And we pray and say, Lord, and we, you know, we prayerfully look at a verse and we say, and we, we you know, try to dissect and take it apart. Does this study help? Sure. Can you look online, cheat? Yeah. Or you can just go right to the source, the Holy Spirit of God, who put this, had Moses put this to the page. Say, what, what, are, you, what are you asking? What do you want me to do? Is it important? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus said, um, rather lamented this people they 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 come to me with their 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 lips their 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 speech is close to me but their heart is far from me god wants our heart he knows if he has a heart he has the rest of us that's really important to the lord that he has our hearts an uncircumcised heart does he want lip service you know religious people always giving god lip service Oh, Lord, thou art wonderful, and thou art great, and thou art mighty, even though I've never known who you are. You know, that was my story, and I think it's a lot of people's story. Uh, he wants a, a circumcision of the heart. And so we'll talk about that Wednesday night. Why? Why? For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God a mighty and terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor take reward. Now let's talk about this. Lord, the Lord, your God, is God of gods. Are there gods? Of course there are. Okay. We would know them as principalities, as powers, as rulers of the darkness of this world, as spiritual wickedness in high places. Yeah, of course there's gods. And don't be like them. Don't worship them. Because the gods that you worship, you become like them. Is the world cold and calculating and selfish and cruel? I don't want to worship that god. Not interested. I, I love Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. I worship Jesus. I, uh, I'm never close enough to him. I'm never, I'm never like him as much as I want to be. So I'll just keep on worshiping, keep on following after him. Um, the Lord, is he's the God of gods. He's the Lord of all lords. He's a great God. He's mighty, terrible. You probably want to use that word awesome there. Terrible against his enemies, to be sure. But, but uh, you know, not to be taken lightly, he, he causes his enemies to dread. He regardeth not persons. Wait a second. He loves you above all people in verse 15. And here it says he regardeth not persons. He doesn't play favorites. He doesn't take reward. He doesn't take bribes. Oh, I love those two things about him. He doesn't play favorites and he doesn't take bribes. You say, well, he loves me above everyone else, but he doesn't play favorites. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. He saved me, but he'll save anyone. It's not like, you know, okay, Adam, I love you, uh, Everyone else, forget about it. Um, we're going to be looking at a choice, a very real, very stark choice. 
here later on in our teaching. And those people say, well, he doesn't love me. He didn't call me. He didn't choose me. Here's something you want to think about. Stop that. Really. I mean, just really. That's, that's, that's so lame. He's no respecter of persons. He brought me close and adopted me in his forever family. You, he holds at arm's length and says, forget about it. Here it says, he regardeth not persons. He doesn't play favorites. He doesn't take reward. You can't bribe him. Uh, I think a lot of religious people think, well, bribe him with our good works. <laughs> he doesn't, no, you can't bribe him. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Um, there's a special place in God's heart all through Scripture for the fatherless and the widow, and we've talked about that many times. He loveth the stranger. How does he love him? In giving him food and raiment. Stranger is important here. I love strangers too. Stranger is somebody who's in a foreign land, okay? Um, a vagab uh, uh, they're, not, they're far from home, okay? Uh, we are pilgrims. Our home isn't here. Uh, a vagabond is someone who doesn't have a home. A pilgrim is someone who's heading home. Uh, a stranger is someone who's not in his regular home. I like strangers. Uh, I want you to like, like them too, because God does. What do you mean? Um, I want you to love aliens. You know, what, people from another planet? No, people from another country. You say, well, Adam, illegal aliens are a problem. Well, I, okay, set aside illegal for just a second, okay? Because I think that's a problem, too, frankly. Being illegal is not a good thing. But if you're legal, hey, come on in. The water's fine. Welcome. Welcome to the neighborhood. I hope you brought some food with you and open a restaurant or you'll bring your dancing and your native, bring your, 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 your tongue. It'll be helpful if you learn English because we don't know a lot of languages here. We just don't. We, most of us just have one language. That's a helpful thing if you, if you learn how to speak our language. Um, I, you can bring your customs, your dancing, your folklore, your songs, your food. Your, uh, come on. I, um, the word for uh, stranger is gar. Ha is the word for the. Hashem, the name. Hagar. We say Hagar. Do you remember when Abraham came from Egypt? He had the stranger with him. She was treated rather shabby, for my, if I recount the story correctly. And it comes back and bites in the end. He's saying, don't do that. Love the stranger. Give them food and raiment. Love ye therefore the strangers. You were strangers in the land of Egypt. What goes around comes around. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him thou shalt serve. And to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. This isn't, we can comment on each one of these things, but we've done it very many times, right? Except verse, the end of verse 20, swear by his name. Jesus says, don't take oaths at all. We, we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Jesus is correct. But when and if we do, and we've talked about times when that is an appropriate thing. In a court of law, you, you, you take an oath. You take an oath when you're, uh, when, when, an oath of office, when you become a, a public official of some time. I took an oath when I entered the United States Marine Corps. By the way, it didn't have a terminus on it. I was 
I pledge to defend the country against all enemies, foreign and domestic. It didn't have an expiration date. I think I'm still under that oath. But when you do take an oath, when you're kind of forced into it, when you have to, swear by God. Don't, you know, there's no other name worthy. He is thy praise, he is thy God, that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thy eyes have seen. Put that on the back burner of your brain. We'll pull out in a few verses. Thy fathers went down to Egypt with three score and ten persons. Okay, seventy persons. Now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. Someone said this is not a true statement. It is, but look. You say, Adam, the stars are like this quintillion times octillion times you can't even fathom how many stars there are and the children of Israel more than that no I think naked eye stars you got to remember something the children of Israel didn't own telescopes they never heard the name Hubble okay it wasn't a thing so the the, the stars they could see with their eyeballs he had made them more numerous than that and I think that's what the promise is I don't think all the people who have ever existed are more than the stars, okay? Uh, <laughs> it always breaks me up in Genesis when I read, he made the stars also. <sighs> wow, what a God, huh? And he knows them all by name. Let's sit and let that resonate with you for a second. Okay, chapter 11. Therefore... What's the therefore, therefore? Because of all the stuff that's gone before. Because of all this, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. He wants us to love him. We say it over and over and over and over. A father would. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments all way. Um, if you don't, ooh, I'm gonna, ooh, it's going to go very bad. Table that. That's not... That thinking isn't correct. It is and it isn't. For reasons, and let me show you the reasons that a loving Heavenly Father would give for obeying Him. But that's a little later. Know you this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known. Now, skip verse 2 to 7. We're going to go right over it, but I want you to, it's a long extended, and we don't think in terms like this. I'm not talking to your children, verse 2, verse 7, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which you did. Okay, let me tell you something. No, this ain't for the kids. They ain't seen this. Let me tell you who have seen this. Now let's rehearse all that, okay? That's all he's saying there. Uh, know you this day, for I speak not with your children which you have not known and which you have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, and his miracles and his acts which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto their horses, unto their chariots, how he made the waters of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day, and what he did unto you in the wilderness until he came into this place, and what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their households, and their tents, and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Why is he reminding them of all this? I know how to punish, he's saying. I wish America knew these passages. 
Remember what I did to Pharaoh? By the way, Pharaoh's an antichrist type. Um, remember that? What I did? What I did to the army of Egypt, their horses, their chariots, uh, how he made the water of the Red Sea. Did anyone ever uh, watch that? I, I said back along. Anyone see the uh, real Mount Sinai? It has like the crossing of the Red Sea and shows exactly where they cross them from what beach to what place over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it, really interesting. The coral shaped like chariot wheels. It's, just, it's incredible to me. Mount Sinai, the real, it's Jabel El Laws, I think is the name of it. I, is it, my doddering memory, if it's correct. And it's in Saudi Arabia. It's not in the Sinai Peninsula where, where Mount Sinai is supposedly. But we know that Saudi, uh, that it's in Arabia because Paul says that it's in Arabia. And uh, interesting to me, and if you haven't seen that, it's YouTube videos. It didn't cost any, anything at all. Uh, the real Red Sea crossing or something like that. Because they have them way up by the north there where it's just like marshy and stuff like that. And so it wasn't that much of a miracle. Or they try to, you know, the Bible suffers from its opponents and its would-be uh, helpers who like, well, you know, this because they, I, I've even heard, you know, Christian leaders teach this. It's up in that marshy area, right up the top of the Red Sea there, where it's only a few feet deep. And I think, like, you haven't fixed the problem. Okay, so the children of Israel cross over through this marsh, this muck, this mire, although scripture clearly says there was a wall of water on their right hand and on their left, and they passed through on dry land. So forget all that. And then the sea came back over, and all of Pharaoh's army and his horses drowned in three feet of water or something. It's a pretty cute trick if you got that. Um, no, no. And by the way, you'll see where it is. It's the only place where, in the Red Sea along there where it goes down. In, it's like a half mile deep, and it crosses over, and it's very natural. It's just a, It's there. It's still there. Well, you've got to scoop out some water <laughs> to see it, but it, can, it shows you the topography. It's very, very, have you guys seen that? Okay, good, good. Uh, when I say something like that, you guys go home and check it out, because I hope you do. Because you, you, people say silly things like, oh, you know, they, they did this and they did that. It's like five minutes in a life. Spend, you don't even go to the library anymore. You remember libraries? Those things we used to take our dinosaurs to and we used to get in books and we used to read them. Now it's right in our house on YouTube, you know. You can learn anything on YouTube. A lot of crazy out there. A lot of crazy YouTube stuff. But a lot of good stuff as well. Uh, and I, I commend that to you. Um, so the Red Sea overflowed and what he did unto you in the wilderness until you came into this place. What he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben. How the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up. Keep rebelling against God. That would leave an indelible mark, wouldn't it? When you see the earth open up and people fall down inside, you can hear them as the earth closes up over them. You can hear them screaming and crying out and stuff like that. Okay, keep, keep rebelling. I don't, I don't understand it my own self, but people do. The earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their households and their tent and all the substance that was in their possession in the midst of Israel, all Israel. 
when it rehearses that in the book of Numbers, I think it's in the book, I'm about 90% sure it's in the book of Numbers, it says all their, their children and everything else, and people point to that and say, oh, look at how cruel God has looked. Their children, obviously adult children, are children who are in on it, because in, God clearly says you don't punish the parents for the sins of their children, you don't punish the children for the sins of their parents. It doesn't work like that. So obviously they were in on the rebellion. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord, which he did. Therefore shall you keep all the commandments. Why? Because it's going to pain you if I don't. Look it. You not keeping commandments is painful enough. Okay? Um, somebody who's not faithful to their spouse, will it affect their marriage? Well, of course it will. Of course it will. Imagine if every time I said anything, I lied and my, my words were very suspect. And you were talking among yourself. Well, Adam said, yeah, but you know Adam, you know how he is. He's always, he always lies. Would you go to a church where the pastor was no, a known liar? It would, I would suffer if I had uh, uh, the testimony of being a liar. How about if um, uh, from day one when we opened the, this church, I never had anything to do with the offering except my own involvement in giving. I, I don't count the money. I don't touch the money. I don't uh, I write out checks. I don't have anything to do with any money here. I want to insulate myself from that so that there wouldn't be any like, oh, one of Adam's skimming from the top. The answer, no. So if I was a known thief and you know that I was taking money from the church, would you give money to the church? You see, the problem is with sin, it has its own death principle involved in it. If I, you know, uh, drink copious amounts of alcohol, it will affect my liver negatively and my brain cells and my ability to operate heavy equipment and machinery vis-a-vis uh, -vis I shouldn't be driving. Will that have a problem? If I was in uh, jail next weekend for a DUI instead of being here, how would that affect you know, you all, and stuff like that. It has its own. So I say, like, you know, don't use drugs, you know. Uh, it will addle your brain. It will have negative consequences, effects. If you uh, use needles, uh, what's in the needle could kill you. If you share needles, it, you could end up with HIV or hepatitis or something like that. All those things are true. How many of you guys are sharing needles? You're saying that's not the problem. But look at, look at what is the problem. What happens if we worry? You should be a warrior, W-A-R-R-I-O-R, -R -R, not a warrior, W-O-R-R-I-E-R. What happens if you worry? Do you increase your life or do you shorten your life? You shorten it. You know how many um, people in the emergency room for stress? Just stress. Just plain old-fashioned. It, it manifests in a lot of negative ways. It impacts your body in a lot of negative ways. What happens if you're bitter? or fearful, or add a whole list uh, of things. That's why we should keep the commandments, which I command this day, that you may be strong. And I feel like as I'm morally strong, I feel like I'm physically strong. The more I, I seek after God, the more I follow after Him, I feel that there's robustness that goes with it. There is moral robustness. You know, uh, you know the Bible says that, you know, uh, the um, unrighteous fear even when nobody they, 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 they fear even when nobody's chasing them <laughs> I'm not that person 
Every time I do something, I'm looking over my shoulder to see who, no, no. Right makes might. You know, I don't have to hide or, it's a good way to live. But you know that too. Uh, that ye may be strong, go and possess the land, whether you go to possess it. Now we've got to talk about possessing your land. This is the promised land. Are you obtaining all the things which God promised? Are you obtaining your possessions? Have you defeated your Jericho? Well, what's Jericho symbolic of? I don't know. What's it symbolic of for you? Lust? Anger? Resentment? Pride? Fill in the blank. Have you, have you defeated Amalekites and Girgashites and Jebusites and all oh, these giants in the land? No problem. God defeats giants all the time. And if we're doing this study and you're still, at the end of the study, you're still victim of all the things you're victimized by now, I feel like we ran through a lot of stop signs for no reason at all while studying this. But God wants us to go into the land and possess it. I have no doubt of that. And one of the things that, you know, he, he brought me up short on is why are you always walk around with your face in mud? Why are you always dejected? Why are you always thinking the worst? Why are you always... And, and I, he really brought me up on discouragement. Discouragement. I think I've had real victory in that, by the way, recently. Things come up that should be discouraging and I just look past all that. Lord, you're God. You're on the throne. I'm going to trust, I'm going to have faith, I'm going to believe. I think that's what you do. You take his word, you put shoe leather to it, and you, and you live it out. And you don't follow your feelings, they'll betray you all the time. We have them. Feelings aren't bad, they're just not to be followed. The word of God is to be followed. That ye may prolong your days in the land with... Uh, Obedience comes longevity. And I said before, yeah, we, we, this is old ground to us. Don't you know, born-again Christians live 10 years longer than the average populace. And it would be longer than that, I'm sure, if we were more obedient. Um, and, and it makes sense. We don't generally smoke or drink or have wild sex with a multiplicity of partners. We don't do life-shortening things like worry. There you go that you may prolong your days in the land. The Lord wants to bless us with longevity, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to the seed, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Are you possessing the land that flows with milk and honey? For the, now, for the land where thou goest in to possess, it's not as the land of Egypt from whence you came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with the foot as a garden of herbs, but the land where the ye go to possess, it is a land of hills and valleys that drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Okay, it's different. It's not like Egypt and that where you water with the foot. What is that? It's like a pedal system where you irrigate and you bring up like pots or containers of water into the field where you irrigate and stuff like that. It's not like that. See, they have the Nile down in Egypt and, and they can irrigate. And by the way, I've seen pictures of Egypt where, you know, within like half mile of the of the Nile, it's, it's fertile and verdant, and then all of a sudden it's like a border and it's just sand, just nothing. And he's saying, no, 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 the place you're going to, well, it's like this. It's a, it's a land of hills and valleys, and it drinketh water of the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord uh, thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. Um, 
And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, then I will give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Let's talk. Egypt, you, you irrigate by work. Okay, maybe your slaves are working, whatever. It's, it's hard work, and it always works, but you have to work at it. That's what the world wants. The world wants us, everything we get, we earn it by the sweat of our brow. Hey, I'm for hard work, too. I think it's a wonderful thing. But that's not, God sometimes just wants to bless I just want to give this to you. Because people think like the Egyptians, okay, now Egypt is always a picture world. Egyptians think everything we get is hard work. I got a committal service on, on Saturday. Most of the people there will be believe that the deceased went to heaven because she worked hard at being a good person. Good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. We all know that, right? Well, America knows that. I would disenfranchise them of that notion, and I will do my best to do that Saturday. You can pray. But that's what they all think. I've earned heaven. I sweat, and I huffed, and I puffed, and I did everything I had to do, and now I'm going to heaven because I'm such a good person. That's Egyptian. That's Egyptian, and it's invaded the church. Sometimes you don't think heaven or hell, that's a grace thing. But sometimes, you know, everything I've got, I've gotten from God. But I've earned it. I've, I've gone to college and I've applied myself and I've worked hard and I've done. And we start reading our resume and we were told, you know, after you go into the land and you've had victory and you've had success, don't turn around and say, it's, it's me because I'm awesome. I've had this great victory because, and then we start talking about how great we've done. And God's saying, no, it's not like that at all. It's in such an Egyptian thought. But God says, no, the land that you're going, it's the land that thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord, are, uh, 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 thy God, are always upon it. From the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. It shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments. Wait a second. We... <sighs> We obey God and it rains. That's a different idea. Doesn't rain just rain? Um, there's a man named Elijah, and I'm sure what happened, is, we're not told this. He said, Lord, your word says if people turn from you, it's not supposed to rain. What's going on? The whole northern kingdom has gone after Baal worship. And now we get Jezebel, we get Ahab, and those are godless, wicked, horrible people. Why is it still raining? God says, I'm glad you noticed that. I want you to go see Ahab, and I want you to give him a weather report. And he walks in Ahab. It's not going to rain for, well, he doesn't say three and a half years. We only know that from the book of James in the New Testament. He goes into Ahab and he says, it ain't going to rain until I say it's going to rain. How do you like that? Uh, no, it, it's, it's very much like that. It's very much like that. We see a lot of things. Oh, it's natural. It just happens. There's volcanoes. There's earthquakes. There's monsoons. There's psh, floods. Oh, well. 
you know, Mother Nature, she is one tough mama, mother. She just, she just makes it bad and hard on everybody, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it shall come to pass if you shall hearken diligently to my commandments, which I command you this day to love the Lord you got to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that I will give you the rain of your land in its due season. It, if it rains, see, they had the latter in the former rain, okay? The former rain was in the fall when they planted, and the spring, the, 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 just before they harvested, the, that's when you get the latter rain. We think of it opposite. Uh, we're up here in, more in the northern climes. They're north of the equator, by the way, Israel. They're just closer to it than us. Um, I'll, I'll give you the rain. So if it rains, you know, it's harvest time. We're trying to get our crops in, and it's pouring. That's no good. You know, before that, that's good, right? If it doesn't rain at all, that's catastrophic. We don't have any irrigation system. Was there a time when it didn't rain in Israel? I, I point you again to Elijah. Yeah. God said, I'll, I'll rain, I'll withhold the rain. And it's got to do with your... Um, you think I'm talking about rain, just rain, the sense of rain? I, in Deuteronomy, it is. Okay, the latter and former rain. It's just, it's just rain. Don't make anything mystical about it. But have you seen anything, like, again, I point to YouTube, our friends on YouTube, right? Have you seen anything latter, former rain? You, you look it up. The question this week in the homework is there's symbolism about the latter and the former rain. And let me just tell you, there is. I, I, I quote uh, Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. God's promising the former and the latter. Now, it, people make this different things. To me, it's blessing. To me, it's the blessing of the Spirit of God. That's, that's the whole thing. And at the beginning of the church, the Spirit of God was poured out. Was he ever poured out again? Yeah, I think Joel, you know, at, at the end of it all, you know, you, you're uh, old men dreaming, uh, dreaming dreams, young men seeing visions, the Spirit of God being poured out. Was the Spirit of God ever poured out any other time in church history? I think as often as you want to be filled with the Spirit, keep continually be being filled with the Spirit. We're told in Ephesians chapter 5, you don't see it really there in the King James, it says be filled with the Spirit, but it's continuous present action. We would say keep continually be being filled. Why? I got the Spirit of God when I get saved. Did you get the filling of the Spirit of God? Is there a difference? Yeah. And the filling that I got in 2021, that's good, but that was only good for 2021. His mercies are new every morning. His filling is, and as we looked at this in the book of Acts, we were reading through the book of Acts all night prayer a few weeks ago and stuff like this. We saw this several times, right? And they were filled with the Spirit, Acts chapter 2. And then later on in chapter 4 and 5, they were filled with the Spirit and the place was shaken. Free refills. I think it's a wonderful program. I really do. Because I, I, I think people talk about, well, I'm Spirit-filled. They talk about like a, it's a, you know, I, okay, I got, I, I, 37 years ago when I got saved, I was filled with the Spirit, and I know because I spoke in tongues. Well, I haven't been filled with the Spirit since, but I, I'm Spirit-filled. I think there's a, listen, pig out. 
Lord, fill me with your spirit. I'm up against it right here. I got some stuff coming up. And Lord, I'm going to need you to do this work in me that I can't do in the power of my own flesh. Please fill me with your spirit. What is he going to say? No. <laughs> I got a question. What's he going to say? No. No, he wants us to go out and battle giants, overcome, do all this, in the, do spiritual work in the power of the flesh. <laughs> Come on, we know better than that, right? Um, and I, so I think this uh, latter, the former latter rain here, I think he's talking about rain, as you would know it. It will come, it'll bless your crops, things will grow, you'll have an abundant harvest, it'll be wonderful. Um, I like heat, as you guys know, because I'm weird that way. I've been working out in the solar fields and just loving it, just worshiping God. Uh, everyone's like dropping like flies. Me, not so much. Uh, do I sweat a little? Oh yeah, of course I do. Do I love it? Oh, yeah, sweat doesn't bother me at all. Love it, love it, love it. I wish I had a little bit more rain. My garden is, I had to, re, I had to water my garden twice with the hose. Oh, I hate that. Because I get, like, you know, I collect the rain and rain barrel, and I water it with that. And it's, it's wonderful. By the way, you reach into that, it's bath water. <laughs> that uh, couple days, you know, in that uh, barrel I collected, it's just warm. It's, like, warm probably close to, you know, 70, 80 degrees warm. Uh, and, uh, but my, my plants love it, and it's wonderful. I wish we got a little bit more rain, but I love the heat. Uh, and I, I want the rain. Why? Because I got a garden. And I know when it rains, if they, it doesn't rain, the plants get withered and they shrivel up pretty much. And, and I got to hit them with the hose, but I don't really like to do that. I live in water. Uh, my Newport water is not, it's treated. You know, I'm wondering like the, you know, the plant saying, ah, fluoride, or whatever they treat it with. I don't know, you know what I mean? So I don't like to do that. And, and I'm praying for rain. I pray for rain. I pray for that Lord would, you know, every night when we go to bed, I want it rain all night. It'll be great in the morning. Just kind of, it'll be muddy a little bit, but yeah, we can get over that. It's fine. But I want the rain. I understand because I'm a grower. I, 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 I understand how this thing works. And I think that's all he's saying here. I'll give you the rain of the land in due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. Does God want us to produce crops and want us to have, be blessed? And is there a spiritual aspect to this? Of course there's a spiritual aspect. There always is. And I will send grass in thy fields for thy cattle that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves that your heart be not deceived and ye turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. What's going to happen? And then the Lord's wrath be kindled against you, and he shut up the heaven, and there be no rain, and that the land yield not her fruit, lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. Do you think Elijah was reading this when he said, to, went into Ahab and started talking to him? I bet he did. I bet he did. Lord, it's your word. It can't be broken. It has to work. Like I say, God said, yeah, go tell him. Go talk to him. Therefore, shall ye lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. And I, we talked about this before, you know, that the, the phylacteries that they wore in Jesus' day. I think it's a, an actual manifestation of their obedience. Now, it can also go sideways because everything we do for the Lord can go sideways. And ye shall teach them your children remember verse 
2, and you know this day, for I speak not with your children, but, but he's not unconcerned about children. He says, but you're going to teach them. And here we are, uh, verse 19, and you shall teach them your children. And one of the modern day prophets, teach your children well, right? Uh, would be prophet, I should say, right? It's very important that you teach your children. If they don't hear it from you, are they ever going to hear it? I, 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 I said this before, I, didn't, I never taught my boys English. I thought when they grew up they might want to speak Swahili or Dothraki or Vulcan or something. I don't know. Right? We don't want to teach them English. We don't want to force them. In those. People do this all the time. I don't want to, I don't want to you know, teach my kids religion or anything because they might want to be atheists or something like I am. Um, boy, that's, that's horrible. Um, my son, my son Mike might want to be like me. And uh, if I'm like a, an atheist or an agnostic or a, I just, I'm not a very spiritual person and he wants to be like me, I think that would have been disastrous in his upbringing. What if I smoked cigarettes or uh, I was very abusive to his mom and I uh, showed him, you know, this is how you treat a, a, a woman. And uh, that might have gone bad for his marriage or his health in the case of cigarettes or anything else I taught him. No, I want to be a stand-up guy and I want to, uh, before I chill, I want to show them godliness. I want to show them this is how a man of God treats his wife. This is how a man of God treats his children. This is how a man of God has friends, and I, 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 was, I was aiming at something. I was trying to show them something. And God says that we're to teach our children. Um, speaking of them, when thou sittest in thy house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. All, all the routine times, right? In our coming and going, in our, when we went on a hike, or when we're playing games, or when we're hanging out, or just whenever. Bring these things up. Uh, and thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house and upon thy gates. We talked about that and where mezuzahs come from and all that happy stuff. That your days may be multiplied. Because God wants us to obey for longevity's sake. And the days of your children in the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. So I don't, we don't teach our children this. And Mike has very... He never, he never saw uh, husband done well. He doesn't know what to make of it. Uh, he doesn't do husband well. And Felicia suffers. Noah suffers. Uh, their marriage is on the rocks. Now they're, they're separate. Thanks, pops. Appreciate it. It's important. It's very, very important. Um, uh, he, he's never saw his dad drunk. Micah's never saw his dad drunk. Uh, I think that's a very, very important thing. My parents did that for me, too. I've never seen my parents drunk. It was a wonderful thing. So teach your children. Is God indifferent about your children? <laughs> no. Let me say it another way. No. Jesus said, let the children come unto me and forbid them not. Satan would say that too. Is Satan indifferent about your children? Have you no idea what's going on in public education these days? I would tell you, and I think I could prove this pretty easily, 
Satan's not indifferent about the education of our children either. And God says, no, teach your children. And by the way, I'm not trying to get anyone feeling guilty. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Um, we have our prodigals. I have one. I, I keep pointing to Mikey, but his brother's not here. Not likely to be here. Uh, state of affairs right now. But, I, but my heart aches to see him faithful to the things of the Lord. So if you have children that aren't with the Lord, I don't, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to make you feel poorly. I mean, I'm really, really not. Do your best and let bl- God bless, but uh, children grow into people. <laughs> well, they're people now, but in the house they're marshaled into a certain regimen. But when they're not your little children anymore, they can make their own decisions. And sometimes the decisions aren't really good ones. Uh, but God wants to multiply us in the days of our children. He wants to multiply that as well. In the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers to give them as the days of heaven upon the earth. For if you shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to cleave unto him, then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you. And you shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourself. So, I, you know, it says this, and I keep saying this, and I keep saying, I know I sound like a broken record. Keep commandments, but what's the bottom line? Love the Lord your God, walk in his ways, cleave unto them, under the commandments. Love God, walk with them. Okay? It's not hard. Uh, the scribe comes to Jesus, what's the uber most important Incrediblest, most biggest commandment. Love God. Be all heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um, walk with God. What does God expect you? Remember, we started out with that and we looked at Micah chapter 6, verse 8, Wednesday night. He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with God thy God. He just wants fellowship at the end of the day. He just wants us to love him. He just wants to hang out with us. It boggles my mind. Some in the solar field, right? (laughs) Just connecting, wiring, mundane. I can listen to podcasts. I can listen to music. I could talk with my friend all at once and still do a really good job mindlessness and God said hey can we hang out I, I really feel like he wants to draw near and he, he wants my attention he wants to like be with me saying really I'm bored out of my mind you think you know that he's bored no no I want to be with you I just want to be I just love you I just want to be with you is that does that resonate with anybody here uh, you know Oh, obedience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a way to live life. You can't live life long against the rules. It doesn't work that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink and smoke and, and act all crazy and violent and, and, and worry, and, and, and I'm going to live to be 103. Maybe, but probably not, right? I can't live life against life successfully for a long time. Because here's the rule. This is how it works. I invented life. This is how it works the best. Do this. 
why shouldn't I sin up a storm? Where when I sin, where, where, grace, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So I'm going to sin up a storm. I'll have grace going all over the place. It works. It works. But I, I've, I've already discovered choose to sin, choose to suffer. So I'm not going to do that. It's not a good option. Even God will forgive me, and he will. And God will slather grace upon me, and he will. Still, sin has its own sting and its own death component. Don't want it, don't need it, don't love it. Not interested in that. I'm going to try to diligently keep all his commandments. But here's the thing. Love the Lord your God, walk in his ways. Then will the Lord drive out all these nations, as I said. You shall possess greater nations and mightier than yourselves. Listen, we're talking about inheriting our inheritance. We're talking about the promises, obtaining the promises, laying hold of the things for which Christ laid hold of you. There's a lot of ways to put it. I call, I call it the spirit-filled life. I call it the Christian, uh, victorious Christian life. Call it anything you want to call it. Are you living in that place? Are you walking with God? Are you enjoying his fellowship? Are you conquering? Nope. I got fear in my life. I'm afraid of my own shadow. I can't even turn around, but I'm so nervous all the time. I'm so afraid. I'm afraid of uh, work drying up. I'm afraid of, that I'm going to be sick and I'm not going to be able to go to work. I'm afraid I'm going to get fired. I'm afraid I'm going to be, you know, uh, getting bills going to pile up over my head. I'm afraid that, what are you doing? Why would you fear? God's on the throne. Fear doesn't come from God. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Some of us are going to be fearful because we're just going to be on the, on the west side, on the east side of Jordan. We're never going to enter in, right? We're, we're Reuben, Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh. We came out of Egypt. That's good, and you're saved, and I'm not going to try to take that away from you, but you're never really going to enter in. And I'm thinking, oh, it's so... You, you can. You can. He's saying you can. The Lord, not because you, not because you're awesome, not, you're not going to huff and puff and do this in your own strength. You never can. You never will. But then will the Lord drive out all these nations from before you he will he didn't take you out of Egypt so you can be fearful your whole life he doesn't work that way I, I didn't I didn't take you out of Egypt so you can be bitter towards this person not forgive them and always have that in your life all the time you're going to live with bitterness and that's what I want you to do I want you to be a bitter person your whole life he never does that he's not like that hey live this way uh, but Lord you don't know what they did I do know what they did to you let me handle that you forgive. Just forgive. I don't know if I can. You can by faith. You can. I, I don't have any bitterness. I don't, you know, on the list of people I'm really upset with who have really stabbed me in the back, there's nobody on the list. People have stabbed me in the back, and I'm aware of that. I'm just not bitter. I don't choose to be bitter. I choose to forgive. God wants me to inherit our promised land. The Lord drives out all these nations before you. I'm not awesome. God's awesome. When I say I don't have any bitterness, I'm not bragging. Well, I am. I'm bragging about God. I'm not bragging about me. I'm telling you, it works. Do what God wants us to do. It works. It always works. Some of us want to be perpetually in that place. Oh, it'll never, I can never, I can never beat the bottle. I'm always going to be alcoholic and I was born with this genetic. Stop it. Just please stop it. You don't think God wants to deliver us from that sort of thing? So this is the thing that this is, 
in my heart, in my, in my heart of hearts. Does God want to deliver me from discouragement? Yes. You say, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm not giving to that. No, your giant is a different giant. I know. I know how it works. I talk about bitterness, and some people are here saying, I could never overcome. I know, I know. Whatever it is, your particular, what's stopping you from inheriting faithlessness, what's stopping you from being the man or the woman God wants you to be, let's drag that before God and say, this has to go. This uncircumcised Philistine, Lord, he's winning. We can't have that. Lord's going to drive out these nations before you. You shall possess greater nations, mightier than yourselves. Every place where the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours. From the wilderness in Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even unto the uttermost sea shall be your coast be. What? Wait, your coast are from Euphrates to the Mediterranean? Yup. They ever realized that? Nope. Why? Because their, their feet didn't tread on those places. They didn't claim that. There's a place for you to actually go and claim and say, Lord, this is my possession. It's funny to me. People talk about the West Bank and that's occupied territory and stuff. What river are you talking about? Because God says, here's your boundary and here's your boundary. I know our Jordanian friends and our Iraqi friends don't want to hear that, but I'm just a guy who reads English, and it seems to me that's your coast. Will they realize that? Yeah, when Jesus comes back. There shall no man be able to stand before you. Aren't you glad? There's, there's giants. God says, I don't care. No man shall be able to stand before you, for the Lord your God shall lay the fear of you and the dread of you upon all the land that you shall tread upon as he has said unto you. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Now this goes into the book of Joshua. I don't think we'll go on the next. I'm not sure yet. God hasn't told me. I haven't prayed about it much. But this is setting it up for This actually happens when they go into the promised land. A blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But turn aside out of the way which I command you this day to go after other gods which you have not known. You don't want to do that because you become like the gods you worship. It shall come to pass when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into this land where thou goest to possess it, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. What happens is they, half the tribes go to Mount Ebal, half go to Mount Gerizim. The ones in Mount Ebal say, okay, you know, cursed are you if you do this, cursed are you if you do this, cursed are you. And the people over there shout, amen, amen. It's kind of like a responsive kind of back and forth. And then the people over Mount Gerizim said, blessed are you if you do this and bless you. And the people in Mount Ebal say, amen. What they're saying is, I agree. This is blessing, this is cursing. And the valley in between is kind of that place where we live, the place of decision. It's all about decisions. All the time. Uh, and it shall come to pass, when the Lord thy God hath brought thee into the land where thou goest to possess, it, it, uh, that thou shalt put the blessing upon Mount Gerizim and the curse upon Mount Ebal. Are they not on the other side, Jordan, by the way where the sun goeth down in the land of the Canaanites, which dwell in the, in the Champagne over against Gilgal? beside the plains of Mora. So he's given them the geography of this place. And you've you got to go over Jordan to even talk about blessings and cursings. For you shall pass over Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you, and you shall possess it and dwell therein. Is God ever wondering about, I don't know, Jericho's a big place. I don't know what I'm going to do. Man, they got chariots of iron. they got like a lot of armies. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> the battle's never uncertain in the mind of God. 
And the only time the children of Israel have a setback is when they either, one, do it in their own power, or two, don't check with headquarters before they get a battle plan to go in and take the land. It's the only time. The only they have victory, like they go and they wipe out Jericho, and they don't lose even a single man. Can you imagine such a thing? Can you imagine a battle where you don't even lose anybody? God's saying, easy peasy. You shall pass over Jordan. Lord, this, the giants in my understand. you don't understand. He's like, I do. I'm giving you victory. It's never in question. Boy, if I could just get into your brain, into your heart, and connect the dendrites or the synaptic function so it's a hallelujah. You mean I can be free from? Yes. I, well, Adam, I didn't finish. You don't have to finish the sentence. God knows what it is. Yes, I will free you from it. It is for freedom that we've been set free. Do not be entangled again in the yoke of bondage. He wants to set us free. We were in Egypt. What were we doing? Slavery. Now you come into my kingdom. I don't have slaves for children. You can serve me willingly, and I hope you do, but I'm going to set you free. The, the, the outcome of the battle is never in doubt with God. And you shall observe to do all the statutes and the judgments which I set before you this day. Let's stand. Our worship teams come and send us out of here in song. Lord, I, 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 I marvel at your word. And Lord, I, I'm not above it, even though I'm teaching it, Lord. You know, I've already confessed to my brothers and sisters that discouragement has plagued me for a long, long season. But no more, because you're God and because you're good. And because, Lord, as I said, I, I, I never doubt the outcome of the battle, Lord, when you're in it. And Lord, you're in it to win it. You want us to be. You want us to possess our possessions. You want us to inherit our promised land. This is the reason we're looking at these things. Oh, Father, help us. Some of these things are so ingrained. They're kind of in a, the warp and the woof of who we are. So, Lord, deliver us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.